1: but bodies of all sizes, ages, races, abilities, genders, sexualities, and beyond. Come along for the ride. Hey, Hey Maggie. Hey, Marley. How's it going?
0: Oh, my God. I'm exhausted. Um, Okay. But I'm okay. I'm really grateful to be chatting with you and recording another episode of the podcast.
1: Always a always a great moment on a Monday.
0: Yeah, agreed. And um, my life has been absolute chaos since you were in town. What was that? Three weeks ago? Four weeks ago? Now?
1: Something like that? I don't. Yeah. I can't. I don't. I don't remember personally. <laughs>
0: um, but since then, I've had the Gone Graveling Festival,
1: uh, mm-hmm. which was
0: here in Bentonville. I've had Rome Fest, which was in Knoxville, Tennessee. It was a women's mm-hmm. bike festival. And then this past weekend, I had the Rule of Three bike race. Um.
1: Just all the and things.
0: All the things. I've had house guests, um, thankfully. I mean, I love my house guests. It's been actually really fun to be hosting, but I have my house to myself, and I'm just trying to put my life back together. Yeah. Um. But I also went to the knee doc today. And yes. I'm feeling pretty bummed, actually. Okay. Um, so you know that I had knee surgery in October. Right. Um. And my knee never quite healed. Like, it has never actually felt pain-free for probably going on two or three years now. And the surgery helped a little bit, but I think I might've gone out too fast afterwards. Cause I was told let pain be your guide. Um, it turns out when you've lived in pain your whole life, it's really hard to let pain be your guide. Cause you just get used to it. Sure. Um, so I had an MRI, I think it was last week and the results came back and I went over them with a the doctor today. And, um, I'm probably gonna start crying as I talk about this. Cause I'm just so freaking frustrated. Um, basically i have no cartilage left in my knee which is essentially arthritis um he thinks the ligaments are fine apparently it's hard to tell um with uh like a post-surgical ligament because when they do the mri i learned a lot about mris today
1: so So, many things um
0: but basically they can't tell if it's like um just post-surgical changes so like what they went in and did or if it's a future if it's a re-injury or something. Okay. So um, I got a cortisone shot, but he is really convinced that I need to lose weight, which when he said that I just like could feel the tears welling up because I'm like, you literally don't think that I've been told this my entire life. And right. I've tried a million different ways. And thankfully he was, my doctor was um very compassionate, but I still hate it so much. Cause he was like, well, you know, I, he's familiar with, The work that we do and all the bike riding that we do and all that but uh uh he's like you know i really want to send you to an endocrinologist and just figure out what's going on he's like because with how much you move your body you shouldn't be this big and it just it felt so shitty i guess yeah um because it's not like i don't think those things all the time You know, I, I think about, sorry, you probably weren't expecting this on the podcast today. You're,
1: you're Uh, fine. (laughs) I mean, you're not fine, but it's fine that you're saying the things and feeling the feelings. Thank you.
0: Yes. Um, I often, you know, keep my emotions really close and I think I'm just at the point where I'm exhausted and they're all coming out anyway. Um, long story short, he wants me to lose like a hundred pounds because that would take a lot of pressure off my joints. And I get that, but it's like, what do you think I've tried to do like the last 20 years of my life before within the last like five years kind of coming to a place of peace with my body? So it's just, it's very frustrating to hear. And yeah. I'm just kind of sitting with that of like, damn it. Like, you know, I guess it, it makes sense from a physics perspective that the more weight you have, the more pressure, gravity, all that stuff. Um, But it just... I hate it, so. Yeah. Yeah. This is not what we were intending to talk about today.
1: That's not, but that's okay. It is okay. We just, we usually just kind of follow it wherever it goes, and this is where you're at, so.
0: Yeah, and thankfully we don't have a guest today, so we can just kind of, whew, get through these tears. Um, Yeah. But we do kind of have something fun to talk about, Um, and that's events. Um, You know,
1: as I you've done all of them in the True. past month
0: oh my god in the past month a gravel mountain biking yeah. um kind of community building and then this past weekend was a all of the above road r- race where it's called rule of three and there was like 12 miles of single track probably 10 miles of road and the rest was gravel and nice. we did it all on gravel bikes um and surprisingly my knee actually felt okay um, it's really weird. It's like once I get moving, it feels fine. Um, but it was mm. by far my longest 44 mile ride of my life. Um, <laughs> okay,
1: <sure. laughs>
0: it took us almost four and a half hours to do the first 12 miles. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> it was one of those days. Yeah. Um, but it was, it, I mean, it was kind of fun cause I was doing it with a team. So I had, um, Susan and Kate from Ground in Nebraska, which if you haven't heard of Ground in Nebraska, it's an amazing gravel festival in Nebraska coming up the last weekend of June. Uh, entry is still open or registration is still open, but it's a real community-driven uh, gravel event. Yeah. Um. And so we were on a team together and um, Susan was having some issues with cramping. It was a hot day. It was a very Ooh, yeah. challenging course. Um, and so she ended up dropping out around mile 12. And then thankfully from there we we're out of the single track. So I feel so bad. Susan really did like the hardest part of the race. And then after that, it was like beautiful country roads. And sure. We got chased by a pack of pugs, which if you <laughs> Okay.
1: All right.
0: <laughs> we were on like this incredibly rural road in Missouri and this pack of pugs and we all we could do was laugh because like they chased us for maybe 10 feet and yeah. then they all just got tired and started breathing really hard uh mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> how many pugs are we talking that's i need to know Five. Five. okay yeah great well, it was great. a pack of pugs yeah pack of pugs. <laughs> also i want that on a shirt a pack uh, of pugs
0: yeah well you pugs. know it's it's kind of sc- have you ever been chased by dogs mm-hmm. out riding
1: oh yeah it is scary it is yeah uh, especially i don't know like I have one route that I love to ride the most and there's an there's a border collie that has some sort of invisible fence and him I really love cuz he'll like run parallel to you but Ooh, he can't nice. come to you and he doesn't bark he just runs he's really sweet but there's also an Australian like sheepdog towards the end and sometimes he's on a chain and sometimes he's not on a chain and you don't know until you're riding by and you hear the barking and you're like is it getting closer it is getting closer i need to pedal faster mm. So that's yeah. the, when they can do the sneak attack on you is the worst part.
0: Oh my God. It's so scary. Um, You know, down here in Arkansas, we're often out in really rural areas Yeah, and you hear these stories. And thankfully there's a pretty good network of folks here and we kind of have a Slack channel, uh, not kind of, we have a Slack channel that a lot of us will communicate on and folks will say, you know, like, I had a dog encounter today and people report it, but I don't know if it really does anything. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So.
0: Um, but yeah, I did rule three. It was epic. It was fun. This was um, it was a really interesting format. So they had solo hundred mile, team hundred mile, solo fifty mile, and team fifty mile. Okay. But because of that, they did like four different starts. And so we were in it that we were one of the very last teams to go out. And we didn't start on the course until like 10 o'clock in the morning, which mm. meant we were out there in the heat of the day. But it also meant that, so we were supposed to do checkpoints. And because we just had such a slow day, the checkpoints weren't open for us. There was one open. There was supposed to be three. And that was like the whole appeal of doing it as a team is there were supposed to be like fun challenges and like wacky things to do. So it didn't necessarily feel very good um, to not have those be there.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: Yeah, Um, but because I know how like my, my friends that I rode with were kind of like oh this has been such a day and I was like this is kind of what I was expecting to be honest um and so we had plenty of food we were fine we had we made the best of it yeah. um but definitely would have been nice to have those aid stations there
1: yeah for sure um, I feel like and I know because we've I think we've talked about this in person I, I think we've talked about it on the podcast before um but like I understand that a lot of aid stations are volunteers and stuff, but, like, we need to figure out a way to make sure that volunteers are like, no, I'm going to be here, like, the whole time.
0: Yeah. Um, We were talking about that because it really is, like, we're so grateful to the volunteers for being out there. And I've done it. It is a thankless job, and it's hard, and it's hot, and it's often boring. Um, And so, like, I don't fault anybody for wanting to pack up and go, like – It took us a genuinely long amount of time to get out there, but it still didn't necessarily feel good, especially if they're going to have a start two hours after the first part of the race goes out. Like, I think those aid stations really need to be out there till the very end, if possible. Absolutely. Um, And it's not like we were out there at night. Like, we rolled through the aid station at probably 3 p.m. Like, oh, yeah, they probably should. Anyway, I don't need to beat a dead horse
1: um well no, that doesn't do a lot of good Oh god it doesn't Turns although maybe out. it
0: gets some of my uh anxiety or aggression out i don't know
1: i mean uh. that could be helpful <laughs>
0: <laughs> well you know kind of my brain is full of events right now that's like all i'm doing is go 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 yeah um i thought it could be really fun to talk more broadly about events yeah. um you know why we do them what you can expect at them, how Heck to yeah. prepare for them. Um, so we put a story out on our Instagram asking folks what questions they had. Yes, um, we did. So I think, you know, for the next half hour or so, we're just going to talk through some of those questions and um, hopefully make folks feel a little better about going to an event. Yeah. Um, because I really enjoy them 99% of the time. Um, but it can be really scary and really intimidating. Yeah. Um, So I'm just going to kind of popcorn these questions back and forth to me and you, and we can each give our take. How does that sound? That sounds great. Awesome. Um, So I guess, you know, the biggest question I love that this was sent in, it was sent in by Party Size Cycling, which is an inclusive cycling community, I believe in Pennsylvania. Um, Please don't hate me if you're not in Pennsylvania. Um, But they do a lot of, not necessarily events, but they'll do chill rides, um, inclusive rides. Um, So they asked, you know, why even do events? Um, And I love that question because I never used to go to events. You know, they can be expensive. They can feel really exclusive or like the cool kids club. Um, But I guess I would love both of our perspectives on this is like, why do you do events, Maggie? Yeah.
1: I, to be entirely honest, I, the first bike event I ever did, it was during the month of my fundraiser that I do. Yeah. Uh, but it was mainly just, I came across it and I was like, this seems, I have a bicycle. You need a bicycle to do this. I should go do this. (laughs) Um, so I did not, there was not a lot of thought in that to begin with, but once I got there, I think what the thing has become for me is like lining up at an event and being somebody who is not a middle-aged white man who weighs like seven pounds i know right (laughs) (laughs) mind-blowing this whole time you all thought i was a 60 year old man um but like lining up at the start and and being somebody that looks at least a little bit different being somebody who's a larger bodied and female and all the all the things like to me it's just I'm going to I'm going to go break it up like you guys you guys came here for a very specific thing. You got one thing on your mind and I'm going to walk in and you at least for the first second that you see me have to be like, oh. Look, somebody else does this, too. Mm. Um, And then the other thing is, I think both people that bring people with them to the start line or uh, I've done several rides through like rural areas. So you see like you pass yards full of kids out playing. And they've seen, again, all the middle-aged men in their Lycra, like, speeding past. And then, like, two hours later, here I come up the same hill on a bicycle. Um, And especially when I see younger girls at the start line or out playing when we're riding past them, I just, not just, I don't just like to break it up for the people who are also there to do the event but to people that are watching it and being like it's so cool that they do that yes um thinking that there's at least a small possibility that they see me at the back of the pack and they can go oh maybe i could do it too if i want to yeah um, and I, then I, I, it's oh, just a community i'm you know uh i i haven't ever as of yet regretted going to an event I I at least have one interaction at everything I've ever been to with somebody where I'm like this was this was a good day like this was the mm-hmm. reason that I came out was to have a conversation specifically with you because we we're both kind of coming from the same place.
0: Yeah. yeah, those are phenomenal reasons, and that touches on a lot of why I do them too. Um, I loved hearing you talk about you know seeing kids out playing because that yeah. really is one of my favorite things. Or like you know, this weekend we went by a lot of rural places and there would be entire families out in the yard waving at folks. Yeah. Um, and there is always that moment of almost recognition when they see the back of the pack come through and we look quote, I'm doing air quotes here, but you can't tell that right. it's a podcast <laughs> like normal or what you wouldn't expect somebody to see riding a yeah. hundred miles or 50 miles. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, a big part for me, just like you said, is the community, Um, connecting with folks that I only know on the internet or yeah. um, have, you know, maybe we've seen each other in passing or on Twitter or something. So getting to meet in real life is a really big reason why I do events. But probably my favorite reason to do events is like the curated routes somewhere that I oh, haven't yeah. okay. written before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mapping is not my strong suit. I thankfully I'm sponsored by ride with GPS and they are phenomenal for route exploration. Um, but there's, you know, event directors and races often go through really special parts that you wouldn't get to go to otherwise, you know, private land that they know somebody. Um, and so I think it's just a really cool way to see different parts of the world that you might not discover on your own. And at least for me, like if I saw some of those elevation profiles and I was planning out my own ride, I'd be like, nope, we're not doing that one. Yes. But when it's thrown in on a course, you don't really have an option. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think events can also just be a really great way um, to meet new people, um, to connect with people you haven't seen before, and just to broaden your perspective of what cycling is. Absolutely. Um, I know I've talked about this a lot, but my first bike event was Bike MS, Um, and that was like a very road centric, um, you know, people on fancy $10,000 road bikes. Um, but it was, it was cool to humanize that side of, of cycling, I guess. Cause I'd only ever seen it in magazines and like, I don't have anything in common with people. Actually, it turns out I do. We just might like to ride a little differently. Yeah. Um, okay. Here's another good question.
1: Okay. How do you find bike events? That is a good question just to be entirely honest with you
0: yeah um uh, is- i just look around instagram to be honest
1: okay that's um, yeah.
0: because people will often post um you can always do like the hashtag search you know if you're looking for like gravel cycling um you can search for hashtag gravel event or if there's a state you want to ride bikes in you know look for hashtag uh north carolina cycling or tennessee bikes or right um you got a little get a little creative with it um, sometimes I'll also just go to bike reg, um, which is yep. where most of the, um, registration takes place nowadays and you can search for events close to you. Um, but also like just ask your local bike shop oftentimes. And some of my favorite events are small local events that, you know, tour to barbecue or, um, brewery rides, things like that. And oh, bike yeah. shops are often the best place to hear about
1: them. Yeah. Um, I just recently discovered that bikepacking.com has a whole list of, like, annual long events. Cool. Which I'm, like, slowly spying on to figure out which one of those I'm going to be dumb enough to sign up for. Um And then I, for people that are close enough slash, I think this is kind of becoming a destination place. I live near the U S national whitewater center Mm -hmm. and their website, they do a lot of really great events. And that's another place that I like to go check out and see what they've got going on.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. I think, you know, another thing you can do is if you follow any professional cyclists, um, I'm throwing myself into that category. Um, A lot of us will put out our calendar of events either on our website or, um, you know, you might have to scroll back a little bit on our Instagram, um, but we're often willing to, you know, chat about what events we love, why we go to them. um, And, you know, each of us has our favorites. Um, So feel free to reach out to the folks that you love and adore and um, ask us what events we're going to and what we'd recommend. Yeah. Um, I actually, and maybe this, we should talk about this a little bit later, but I almost feel like a sense of responsibility. Um, I got an email from somebody today who is a podcast listener and Unbound is going to be their first event. And I'm honestly a little nervous for them. Um, I I fear that I I may have given away the impression that these things are easy. They right. are not. Yeah. Um, and I don't talk about my training a lot. We're going to talk about that next, actually. Um, we're going to talk about, you know, training and preparation. But I would do some small local events or at least go to some group rides before you show up to an Unbound or a Steamboat or um, some of those other big events because it can feel really overwhelming and really scary to get thrown to the gauntlet. Um so I don't know. I hope I haven't given off that impression that right. anybody can just go ride hundred miles at Unbound. I'm like, yes, yep. I believe in you. You can, but you oh, do need to sure. prep and you need to have a plan.
1: Yeah. You can, you can do, you can absolutely go do a hundred miles at Unbound and have a really crap day or a really great day. Yes. Uh, and if you, if you put that prep in for it, you're going to have a really great day.
0: Hopefully. I mean, things can yeah. always go sideways. Oh yeah, for
1: sure. Um, uh, but it's but, still to... I'm. I personally, at least, if I know that I'd, I've done the training, even if the day goes sideways, I can go home and be like, Nah, but I I had a good day. Like, exactly, I did, I did good.
0: Yeah, and that prep is really what's going to set you up for success. Um, so let's yeah. l- let's talk about event prep. Okay. Um, I would love to break this up into kind of three categories. So, okay. um, I wrote these down because I was like thinking about it in my head. Yeah, uh, while I was sitting at the knee doctor. Um, So prep for your body, Yep. prep for your bike, and then kind of the mental, emotional prep. Yeah. Um, So let's talk body prep first. Okay. Um, To me, that's like both training and – oh, my gosh. Well, that's timely.
1: uh, Nutrition. time. Okay. Thank you. (laughs)
0: Um, So, you know, folks I think will often ask me, well, how are you training for Unbound? I actually just did an interview the other day and – I don't necessarily train for a specific event. Um, Part of that is because my summer is full of events. Um, But prior to events, I just, or event season, I just try and get as much time in on my bike as possible. Um, Because if I'm doing a hundred miles, I'm looking at a 12 plus hour day. And so that means getting in those long endurance rides just so that when I go and do it, it's not a total shock to my system. Um, absolutely I when I'm on top of my training I will try and you know incorporate yoga and stretching and some of the PT physical therapy work for my knee um, because that makes recovery that much easier right Um, is there anything special you do for your body before an event like hydration or nutrition or
1: I I am also somebody that just kind of rides not specifically training Um, and I think we did a training program through Wahoo for Steamboat Uh, And it was, it was great. What I discovered through that is, I mean, as you bike, you get stronger. And so like certain aspects of your cycling get better, but like the part of training where I'm pushing myself to a level of discomfort that is unpleasant. I don't, I didn't like specifically I'm thinking like rotations per minute for how Fast, you're pedaling. Where it's yelling at you to pedal faster. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I don't like that. Me neither. I, you can explain the the physics to me all you want about how that's better for you than like pedaling slower but working harder for it. But the fact of the matter is, I am happier when I'm doing it that way. So I, again, like you said, just the logging of the miles. It's not really like specifically training for a specific event. Um, I probably spend more time thinking about nutrition and hydration than I do worrying about being able to do any of the biking that is necessary. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's something that I think about a lot. I think I spent most of my pre-time for Steamboat figuring out how I was going to have enough water on my bike. Mm. Um. So, and then, yeah, I usually break it down by the hour for snacks and then pack five extras. Yep.
0: Yeah, I love that. Who knows? And... Huge advice here is train with the food you're going to eat on race mm-hmm. day. Yep.
1: Um,
0: You know, a lot of people love gels and energy blocks, and I've actually gotten more into that lately. If you would have talked to me two years ago, I'd have been like, no, peanut butter and jelly and oranges and bananas and trail mix. But as my distances have gotten longer and I have less time to kind of sit on the side of the road and eat a snack, I really have gone to more of like the um, – I, I guess, specially made fueling foods yeah. for the bike ride. Um, yeah. But just a, a word of advice is if you're gonna do gels, make sure you practice with those so your body is ready for it and you know how your body's gonna react. Um, there's nothing worse than getting uh, diarrhea out in the middle of the course and mm-hmm. not being able to take care of yourself because
1: mm-hmm.
0: your stomach is going wonky. Yep. Um, but I mean, for me, so I grew up as a swimmer and we would always oh, yeah. carb load, which apparently that science has been debunked, but I do try and start eating a little bit more in the couple of days before a big endurance event, just yeah. making sure, you know, I'm getting protein and fiber and, um, not necessarily swinging through the McDonald's drive through um, right. just trying to like eat things that I know are going to make me feel my best going into the event yeah. and then just hydrating a ton. Um, oh, yeah. especially if I'm traveling somewhere. You know um (laughs) i don't know if we've talked about this or if i've shared this information on here okay i love your face but i pee myself a lot um yeah i like have problems with urinary incontinence don't worry i'm working on it (laughs) but what that means in relation to this is like if i'm traveling somewhere and i'm driving especially i have to be really careful about hydration versus you know, stopping every 10 minutes to go – it's not that bad – but stopping all the time to go pee. Yeah. Um, and so just trying to be hyper, hyper aware of that and um, I don't know. I think the hardest thing for me nutrition and fueling-wise, especially if it's an early morning race – race. I, I hate the word race because I'm never actually competing – event um, – is eating enough. Like if I have to be on the start line at 7 a.m., like – I just feel it ravenous the entire day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't eat breakfast on a regular basis. Oh. So I that doesn't, that's not as much of a thing to me. I have always been a huge breakfast eater. Yeah, I don't, it's not, it's never been. And I've tried because it's supposed to be the most important meal of the day that I've heard my, for 30 years of life. But I honestly feel worse if I eat. A decent breakfast than i do interesting if I don't. Yeah, yeah i mean everybody's body's,
0: every everybody is different <laughs> right um that's just that's fascinating to me so yeah. how do you make that work if you like have a eight o'clock event time are you just like trying to shove things in your face so that way you have energy to ride
1: i usually will have some kind of fruit mm. uh, and then i do i have on my uh cycling computer um, I have a timer, and every hour it goes off, and it says you need to eat something. And that mm. is that is one thing that I do religiously. The minute that timer starts, I'm I'm eating something. Yeah. Um. So if I can keep up with it on the ride, I'm usually fine. If I don't have much beforehand, but
0: interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's it's funny. I used to have my Wahoo set up to remind me every half hour to eat, even if it was just yeah. like a little something. And then I tied it into my heart rate monitor. And so I think we've talked about this, but like every hundred calories, it now pings me to remind me to eat. And I found that like, I love that because it really takes into account the work that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So if there's a particularly hilly start, um, you know, it'll tell me to eat every 10 minutes. Um, Yeah. So I found that to be really, really helpful. Um, yeah, but this weekend cool. I wasn't wearing a heart rate monitor. Um, and it was kind of cool. I've like gotten the habits ingrained enough that I continued to eat. Um, you know, even through the single track when we were walking, it seemed like every hundred feet we were walking a section of it. Um, just reminding myself to eat constantly. Yeah. Yeah. So um okay, so we've covered our body. Yep. Um, let's talk about bike prep before bike an event. Bike prep. Yeah, uh, I'm notorious for not doing this, okay. which is really sad because I'm—I have a can—I have the most beautiful Cannondale bikes. Um, <laughs> I just tend to ride them so often that I don't even think like, oh, you know, I'm doing a hundred mile ride this weekend for a race. I need to make sure everything's good to go. It's just like, yeah. cool. Did it work well last time? Great.
1: Then <laughs> it'll um, be fine this time.
0: And most yes. of the time it is. Um.
1: Yeah.
0: But do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> um. You know, you're going to want to make sure that all your parts are working, Um, you know, make sure your brake pads are fresh. Um, There's nothing worse than getting out there and not being able to stop Mm -hmm. um, or fearing that you're not going to be able to stop because you want to go down those descents fast. Yeah. Um, You know, making sure all your gears work. Right. Um, And yes, be good. Be good to your bike mechanics. Take it in like three weeks, a month before the event. Right. Um. Because especially right now, it's busy season. Um. Depending on, you know, the bike shops in your town, they could be backed up a couple weeks, um, yeah. especially if you need a full overhaul. They might need to order parts. So take it in a while before the event. Um, Absolutely. You know, have them do a tune-up, check your brakes, check your sealant in your tires, all of those things. And then take it for a ride before the event. Yeah. Um. You know, we often call it a shakedown ride. Um, we call it that for a reason, like mm-hmm. you want to make sure that your bike is in good working order. Um, so make sure you do that before the event. And I would recommend long before the event, yeah. Not long. like at least a week or two.
1: So, and if you're, if you're doing a longer event, you're going to have some, some bags or some extra gear on your bike, do rides with all of the things, um, do, do rides where you've got all of the stuff that you're going to have on the ride. You're as loaded down as you're going to be on the day of so that, you know, what that feels like. The first time somebody told me to do that, I thought they'd lost their mind. And then I yeah. got it. it was for a bike packing trip, actually. And I got. On Wait, the did bike you get started... that advice from me? No, I did not.
0: Oh, because that's advice I always give is load up your bike and. Yeah. Take it for a ride because it's going to yeah. feel way different.
1: Yeah. And it does. I Again, I I kind of thought I was like, there's it's not going to be that different. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, learn. Learn from me. It's going to be that different. Okay. Uh, so, Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that I don't (laughs) the guy that owns the bike shop that I go to, who's a very good friend of mine, um, I was talking to him. I was like, "Lou, like, what what are the the key pieces of like tools that I need?" And he was like, "Maybe you got to get a chain checker." And I was like, "Okay, great." And he like, "I somebody can explain to you much better than me, but there are so many things you can avoid breaking by making sure you're not using a chain past its." usefulness yeah so like that's the one thing also that i would suggest is you know brake pads because you want to be able to stop and also make sure that your chain is not completely stretched beyond its usefulness or you're going to start slowly messing up every literally everything else on your bike
0: <laughs> yeah and the cool thing is it's like you can take your bike into a shop um like a chain checker is a good tool to have at home it's not expensive oh sure it's literally just like a little ruler with um little prongs <laughs> That you stick it in um, and one side says you're at like 50% wear. The other side says you're at like 75% wear need to replace. Anyway, super, super easy thing for the bike shop to check. Absolutely. Um, and then they can be like, yeah, let's replace your chain because that'll prevent you from doing more costly repairs down the road, such as like a new cassette or a full new drivetrain. Yeah. Um, a chain is much cheaper than that. Yeah. Um, Kind of back to the bags. Um, uh, You know, if you're going to wear a hydration pack for the mm-hmm. race. Start riding with it. Um, I also recommend going out in the outfit you're going to wear. Um, Absolutely. So that way you know if anything chafes or rubs or is uncomfortable. Um, I have definitely made the mistake of going out in clothing that is too small. And it is riding up all day and I'm feeling self-conscious and it's just not a good thing. Um, So I don't know. I think what we're probably getting at is uh, just do a dry run. um, So that way there are no surprises on race day.
1: Yes. Um, Only a pack of pugs. That's the only acceptable (laughs) surprise.
0: (laughs) Oh, Lord. I mean, I could think of a few (laughs) other fun surprises, but um, not necessarily with your body or your
1: yeah. No. no.
0: Yeah. Um, Let's talk mentally. Um, Okay. And I guess what I throw into this bucket is like um, route, like, you know, looking at the route. How much do you study that before an event? Uh, What does that look like for you? How do you get into the, the brain space of... Being event ready. Hmm.
1: So I saw this on the list and I have been thinking about it in a different aspect. So I'll move towards that. Please. Um, I don't. I am really bad to or really good at. We're going to word it that way. I am really good at just assuming That if I have all the things, it's all going to work out. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. Which is probably not great because sometimes that's not going to be how that works. Um, But do you have a route for me? I have it downloaded. We're done. Um, That's pretty much to me all that that is going to be. I'll look at elevation just to kind of like pre-plan when to be the most excited to be on my bike. (laughs) <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a great way to phrase that you know you know that's it seemed the positive way to say that so yeah as far as that's concerned i did i don't think about it a lot which could probably use some improvement but that's fine
0: but also if it's um, working for you and yeah like, you know you can trust your your byte computer if that's working i love that yeah yeah that way you can't psych yourself out over what you don't even know is to come
1: yeah uh, I think the big thing there for me is I'm just really comfortable walking my bike. Mm. So I think I could look at it and think about it a lot and, and put more thought into, I'm going to approach this this way and I'm going to approach this this way. But it currently at least is just, I'm going to go out and ride my bike and probably not the whole time. And it's going to be great. Let's go. I love that. So, yeah,
0: I actually, I take a similar approach. Um, I, I'm not very good with at reading maps. Um okay. You know, if if I've if I've been someplace before and I've ridden my bike there, I can usually get back there. Sure. Um but if it's a whole new landscape and I don't have geographical markers for like north, south, east, west, I have no idea where I'm going. Mm -hmm. Um, So like at Mid-South, you know, I had the route. I had a general idea, but I literally thought he was taking us in circles. I thought Bobby um, just had us doing squares over and over again on the same piece of land. Um, Because I I just get out there and my brain goes to a different place Mm -hmm. and I just ride my bike. Um, So I try and at least be aware where the aid stations are at. Although like we talked about, it doesn't necessarily mean they'll be there. When right. I roll up. Um, <laughs> I like to know, you know, kind of the anticipated um I guess terrain. Um, you know, if there's yeah, like potentially a water crossing, um, or if there's potentially a really steep downhill. Um, I like to know about those things. Right. Um, but I don't necessarily like plan them out a lot. Um, it's interesting. I was talking to Payson McKelvin. Yeah. Um. Super pro. Um. He just had a really bad crash this past weekend. He did. I saw. Which that. is a bummer. Um. Yeah. Hope you heal up fast, pace and I don't know if you listen yeah, we to do. our podcast, but, um. And we were talking about mid south, and he had a little sticker on his bike that literally, and he did it with his coach, but it was literally like you know mile ten, and it had all these symbols of like, and basically it meant like put on the gas, like go hard here, you know mile fifteen, get the whole shot into the single track or whatever it is, um, and. I have never ridden my bike like that. <laughs> right. I mean obviously no. yep. we have very very different goals and different tactics with when riding bikes. Sure. Um but some folks do that. They get way into the weeds and they love it. For me I just like to go out and ride my bike and experience it. Yeah. 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 Um although okay so caveat here if okay. I'm like bike packing and not mm. necessarily in an organized event I do like to know where like the swimming holes are at. Or if there's like a cool museum or something that I want to go to, I, I will study the route a whole lot more for those kinds of trips than I will on just like a one, one and done event day.
1: Yeah. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. Um, is there anything you do to like psych yourself? I I guess you kind of already touched on this, um, but just to psych yourself up mentally to get ready to be on the bike for six, seven, eight,
1: 12 hours. Yeah. So I think that that's where I went for mentally. Okay. I just kicked everything. Um, uh, that's kind of where I cat. went. Hopefully not. I don't, is there a cat in here? Oh Lord. Someone broke in and left a cat. Um, I spend a lot of time thinking about this. Like I, I know my brain pretty well at this stage of my life. And I know that I can pretty easily, uh, I get anxious really quickly. And if that starts, I can spiral into darkness just Mm. as quickly. Um, And so I put a lot of thought into big events, almost always get their own playlist with very specific music. Um, And then the other thing is I have another timer that goes off every 10 miles on my cycling computer. That is like some of my favorite. They're not exceptionally motivational, but they are to me. (laughs) Um. Just phrases that pop up on the my computer so that if I'm currently spiraling, I see them and I'm, it just kind of like shocks me back into being present in the moment that I'm in. Even if it hurts, that's different than spiraling out of control into the deep darkness that exists in my mind sometimes.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah. Um, do you have any way to like, if you do get yourself into one of those deep, dark places, how do you pull yourself out?
1: Um, That is usually so I, again, usually make very specific playlists, but I do not start them at the start of a race. Very rarely. Mm. Uh, I'll start just being very aware of my surroundings. And the first time I find myself really spiraling out of control, I'm like, okay, so it's time for music. (laughs) Uh, And and that's enough. Yes, absolutely. Always time for a snack and a drink. Um, And for me, a lot of times it's time to get off the bike for a minute and like, come to a standstill mm. because usually it's because I've gotten more focused on something that's happening on the bike or something that hurts uh, and just getting off the bike with the music and the snack and getting your eyes up and looking around and seeing whatever. There's always something out there. There's always something. There's always something. Even if it's just the view, but usually there's something crazy going on <laughs> somewhere nearby. Um, And so, yeah, just re setting yourself in the moment that you're in. Um, Not, I think that's the big thing is like not thinking about how hard the last 10 miles was, how hard the next 10 miles is going to be. I've already, I've still got one more climb that I've got to do. That's going to be really intense. Just getting back into the current moment is the most important part for me.
0: That is such wise advice. Um, I think, yeah, so many times I just get caught up in my head and have to remind myself like, no, I am so lucky and so privileged to be riding my bike and suffering right now. Right. Like, (laughs) yeah i love that just kind of the the mental reset
1: yeah and it's like i am having fun even even if it does hurt a little bit and i'm tired and it's hot outside i'm having fun right
0: and i have to remind myself like oh i chose to do this
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) i I did this to myself at unbound last year
0: we were in that (laughs) deep peanut butter mud and this woman next to me was just in such a bad mental place and I don't know if I helped or not, but I was like, hey, you paid to do this. Might as well make the best of it. <laughs> <laughs> and she just scowled. I so mean, you know. I don't know. I For me, it works to think about it that way. Like I chose yeah. this adventure. It might not be turning out how I want to, but it's going to make a good story later.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Well, cool. Let's move to on to like race day. Okay. Uh, I, I know I have personally forgotten my helmet before. I have forgotten sure. snacks. I have not had the route loaded. Um, I feel like each time I go to an event, I get a little bit better about making sure that all the things happen. Yes. Um. Do you have any tried and true ways to make sure you remember everything?
1: So I REI who like sponsors all
0: bodies on bikes thank you for the grant we
1: partner with them so much um they have saved my butt more times than i can really count first of all if you google rei checklists they've got checklists for literally any outdoor activity you could think of and they've got one for mountain biking one for road biking i'm not sure they've got a gravel biking one yet but i just kind of look at the road biking one because the gear is usually at least similar um and i keep it in a Sheet protector. So I use dry erase markers every time I go out for a ride or an event and just repack. I've got one of their packing cubes um, and I just go through and check off everything that I'm supposed to have. Make sure that it's in my little packing cube. I clip my helmet to the packing cube and then I know that all I have to grab is my bike in that one bag and I'm going to be. I may not have clothes for the weekend, but I'm going to have everything I need to ride my bike.
0: <laughs> um, I might need you to make sure that we share this checklist because. Okay. um, I have like a checklist in my head. Of yep. like, these are the things I need for bike. These are the things I need for body. These are the things I need for nutrition. But um, I forget a lot of things. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I had I had made my own and then I found theirs. And I was like, this is much more comprehensive and better.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's one that I use from Swift Industries for bike packing and bike camping. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that equipment's the same. You know, I'm not necessarily taking my pour over coffee set on a right. gravel race. I mean, um, maybe though. Maybe, I mean, that would be, I would, whole, I would too, actually, um, especially if I knew I had all day to do it anyway, right. I digress. Um, so Maggie's going to share with us her packing list. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think other things, if you're driving to an event, throwing a big pump or floor pump in your car oh, yeah. can be really helpful. Um, you know, just for those last minute tire pressure checks, mm-hmm. um, um, and yeah, I think, a, I think a checklist is probably the best way to go. Yeah. Um, and then just, you know, telling your friends, Hey, make sure I grab my helmet, make sure I grab <laughs> my shoes. Um, and then before you leave your house in the morning, okay, helmet, shoes, phone, keys, wallet, check, you know, yep, all those things.
1: Gotta do the pat down at the door.
0: Yeah. I've also recently learned to start or to check all of my, um, like repair equipment, basically, you know, yeah. Do I need new plugs for my, or like bacon plugs for my tubeless tires? Right. Um, you know, are my CO2 cartridges ready to go? Do I have my hand pump, um, tire levers, tubes, all those things.
1: All the things. Um, and
0: I will often switch bikes in between events. So making sure I have the right size tube. Um. Mm-hmm. So I've added that to my pre-race day prep is pull everything off the bike, make sure I'm organized and I know where it all goes. Water bottles are filled, all those things. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um. Anything else about events? I'm gonna look at our Instagram stories one more time and see if anything else came through.
1: Okay. Perfect. Um. I think I like what you said about finding a like a local something more local. Um. Group rides are great if you are very like event focused. Like if you really want to do your first event or an event this year, um. The local ones are cool. I think the next thing is. Just like sign up for just like sign up for one. Yeah. Just do it because we tend to think too much about. Especially fun, adventure things uh, and you can kind of talk yourself out of it before you ever even give it a go. And I do think it is absolutely cycling something you enjoy and an event is something you're interested in. They're a lot of fun. You, yeah. should, you should just sign up for one.
0: Exactly. And you know, the events that you're seeing on like me and Maggie is a lot of the all bodies on bikes. Um, social media feeds, those are like the bigger, kind of more production events, but there are so many small events that are excellent, and that's really where you're going to find the community. You know, yeah. I think about back in Seattle, um, there was a, a local community bike shop that did like a tour, I forget, it was a food tour, basically, a tour to gardens, oh, nice! Yeah. and they would just ride to the different um, pea patches in town, um, you know, there's there's alley cat races, there's, you um, historical bike tours all of those really count as a quote-unquote event it's really just what you want to make of it like do you want to ride seattle to portland with ten thousand other people cool there's an event for that you know there's also rag bra you can do ride across iowa but there's also much smaller events um so just because it's not necessarily on my instagram feed doesn't mean that it's not worth checking out or getting into um the other thing is we talk a lot about gravel but Gravel is not the end-all be-all to bike events. That's true. There are road rides. There's mountain bike. There's just community rides. There's cargo bike rides. There's family rides. There's everything under the sun. Um, So we would love to hear what some of your favorite events are. Um, We would love to maybe come out and do them with you. Uh, Just email us, podcast at allbodiesonbikes.com. One of the last questions we got, um, I totally just forgot about it. Um, was training plans. And I know we talked on this a little bit, but they specifically wanted to know, like, if I'm doing a longer ride or longer race, how do I train appropriately? Mm. I don't know if we're the right people to answer that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't. uh... I mean, I think the thing that I learned when I first started writing is like, you start writing and you do a five mile ride and you feel really accomplished and then the next week you go out for well, probably not a week, but something, you know, whatever. We're going to fast track it. You go out the next week and you get to five miles and you're like, I can go farther. And you do an eight mile ride. And then the next thing, you know, you're doing like a 12 mile ride. Mm-hmm. And so I think the thing, there are training plans out there and there are people who can give you better, like scientific answers to your question. But the key, like, just go ride. Riding improves all of the things that you need for riding um all of the muscles all of the stamina that you need um so just start someplace it's the best place to start seriously i remember the first time i rode 10 miles and i thought
0: i was like the queen of the earth because like i'd never ridden that far before and i think two weeks after that i was gonna ride i had a 60 mile ride my longest ride ever yeah and one of my coworkers just said, all you're doing is riding 10 miles six times. And that's how I break up a lot of my long distance rides now is into chunks. Um, Sometimes they're five mile chunks. Sometimes they're 10 mile chunks. Um, But my brain likes to think about it that way. And I think, you know, back to what we said at the beginning, just as much time as you can on the bike, you know, get that mobility work in, make sure your bike fits you well. Um, That's me really key to enjoying your time and not getting an injury. Um, and then, yeah, I think just going yeah. out and doing it and having fun with it, as much fun as you can. And the other thing is, like, don't be afraid to quit. Um, yes. If you are having Ooh, yeah. the worst day ever, first, eat a snack because you're probably not having the worst day ever. Right. But sometimes things do happen and you are just not feeling it. Um, it's okay to quit. Um, it's yeah. a really good idea to have a friend or a significant other that can pick you up Um And don't beat yourself up about it. You know, tomorrow's a new day and that's okay.
1: That's 99% of the time that I have ever gone out on a ride and gotten either really irritated on the ride or gone out not wanting to go. I come home really glad that I went. And the 1% of the time that I come home not glad that I went is, first of all, a massive surprise. And second of all, I knew going into the day that I didn't want to go. But, Mm -hmm. like, to a higher reason... um, So, yeah, don't if you are actually not having fun on your bike, you probably shouldn't be on your bike at that exact instant in time. Yeah. So trust yourself and take care of yourself. Everybody take care of themselves. Yeah. Jeez. You only get one another while we're talking about it.
0: Exactly. We've kind of covered this. Um, Maybe we should wrap up by talking about some of the upcoming events we've got going with All Bodies on Bikes. Heck, yeah. Um, I did not tell you we were doing this. Um. <laughs> That's great. You know. Um, so as we mentioned a couple weeks ago, we have eleven chapters now, Woo! and they are continually doing rides. Um, we add those to our website as soon as I find out about them. Um, so actually, yesterday our Denver team just did their first gravel ride. It looked really, really awesome. Heck
1: yeah!
0: Um, coming up next Tuesday, our Albuquerque team is having an evening bike ride. Um, so I think, you know, it's getting hotter evenings are better, but I think they're doing about a six mile ride with a stop in the middle for ice cream. Yes. Um, Western Massachusetts on June 4th is doing a pride ride. Um, nice. Yes. It'll be really fun. Um, they're partnering with a local group called shift cycles. Um, so that should be really fun It'll be five miles. Oh, again, with an ice cream stop. I sense a theme here. Ice cream. Um, so that's in Western Massachusetts. And then Chicago is doing a sculpture park ride, um, Ooh. a six-mile ride through the North Shore sculpture garden. Um that's fun. Yeah, I think there's a I saw New York City is gonna have theirs. I need to get that on the website. Um, we will also have a presence at Unbound. Um, so if you're coming to Unbound Gravel, look for the All Bodies on Bikes tent there. Yeah. Um actually if you're coming into if you're coming to Unbound, come out early on Thursday. One of my films, this is Marley talking. Um is part of a film festival which is really exciting
1: fantastic
0: um it's with meg fisher who was one of our previous guests yes um, her new film called high road and then another film with the adventure for all team um called finish so that'll be on thursday uh june 1st at 3 p.m at the granada theater um i'll make sure it gets added to our website and our instagram um that's free with a suggested donation with all the proceeds going to all bodies on bikes which is oh, wow. really exciting awesome. yeah we are officially a nonprofit and can take your Yay. donations. Hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we appreciate everybody who supports us. Um,
1: Subliminal messaging. Uh,
0: <laughs> and then a couple other events we'll be at. We will, of course, be at Steamboat Gravel with yep. a team of 14 amazing cyclists, plus yep. some of our alumni. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll also have a presence at Ragbri, which is. Oh, okay. Yeah. The Registers Registrar's annual ride across Iowa. It's a big bike ride across Iowa. Um, We'll be there with Shimano. And then, um, I guess really exciting to announce, we will be at Rebecca's Private Idaho, which happens on Labor Day weekend. And we are hosting the Be Good ride, which is their Saturday morning, family-friendly, basically their version of Shakedown ride. And hopefully getting some of the proceeds from that. Um, So, you know, Keep an eye out on our website, allbodiesonbikes.com slash events. Um, we keep the events updated there. Check out our Instagrams. Um, that was meant to be plural because each of our chapters has an Instagram. Yes. Uh, and let All us know Instagrams. if you want to do something together. Yeah. Um. So I guess I've got a final question for you, Maggie. Okay. I hope you're going to come up with one for me. Okay. Okay. Um, I had a question, then I lost it, and then I forgot okay. about it. Okay, what right. is what is your favorite event that you've done so far?
1: Ooh. I would say... True story. I think... I've got to go as far as the event is concerned. I've got to go with Steamboat. Mm. Um, The group that we were with on our own was spectacular. The group that does the thing is spectacular. The other groups that were there were spectacular. Um, The whole weekend on and off the course were just really spectacular. Today's episode is brought to you by the word spectacular. (laughs) Um, And so I just, that, that stands out in my mind whenever I think of bikes now honestly i'm thinking about colorado Mm. so yeah and then my question to you is if you could like host an event what would it look like but most importantly what would you call it oh my you can't spring this on (laughs) me
0: um well, I've been lucky enough to host a couple of events in my day and I really, really love it. I used to um, put on this women, trans femme alley cat in Seattle called Moxie summer jam. Fantastic. That was super, super fun. And we had prizes for literally every single person who did the race. Um, Cause that's really important to me is that, you know, everybody is working hard, whether you're in the yeah. front or the back of the pack. Um, so I would love to kind of spread that, uh, I also really want to put on like an all bodies on bikes event mm-hmm. where um, we just ride bikes for fun and there's no real like goal or distance in mind besides to create community. Um, but I have no idea what it would be called. Okay. You can't put me on the spot like that. All
1: right. Next time. We'll discuss <laughs> it. We'll discuss it next time.
0: I will I will try and think about it. Honestly, I'll probably forget and you'll have to remind me. I'll be like, Oh, I still didn't think about it. Um. So um, yeah. Yeah let's close it out there um my dog is whining to go outside um and yeah my brain is just not here there's something weird about crying at the beginning of the podcast i mean you know
1: something weird about crying all the time that makes my brain turn to mashed potatoes so same but But we did it
0: we did it this has been a great conversation absolutely Um, thanks everybody for listening in um make subscribe or follow whatever it's called one of these days we'll figure that out all the things we're gonna learn one of these days send it to your friend and (gasps) um write to us podcast at allbodiesonbikes.com
1: yeah and go out and do an event
0: yeah great and let us know how it goes yeah all right goodbye talk to you soon maggie (laughs)
1: later